Jesus, we thank you and praise you and bless you. We lift up your holy name. You're worthy of praise and glory and honor. Lord, I pray you help us today to, to uh, hear and understand what you have for us and that we would be able to um, put it into effect in our own lives as well as um, help whoever needs to get this, that they would find it and hear it at the right time. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Amen. Psalm 103, got to find the right focus place. Uh, actually, I'm going to start at 15. I was going to start at 16, but 15 through 17. It says, Our days are so few, and our momentary beauty so swiftly fades away. Before that, it actually, in the one before that says, You know all about us, inside and out. You are mindful that we are made of dust. Our days are so few and our momentary beauty so swiftly fades away. Then all of a sudden we're gone like grass clippings blown away in a gust of wind, taken away to our appointment with death, leaving nothing to show that we were here. But Lord, your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other, unbroken and unrelenting towards those who fear you and those who bow face down in awe before you. Your faithfulness to keep every gracious promise you've made passes from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. You are faithful to all those who follow your ways and keep your word. Now, the original verse I was just going to read were the last two, talking about the unending love of God and how it stretches from eternity to eternity. But I was like, but you know, what's the context? And the context talks about the impermanence of life, the the temporality of our existence, how we can't expect anything to last forever except the love of God. And, you know, and it says, it talks about here, it says, you're faithful to those who follow your ways and keep your word. And in another one, it talks about who fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord isn't, the fear of being afraid fear it's the awestruck just so just in awe that you know you're like I don't I don't I wish that they didn't use the word fear but English is so bad <laughs> well and it's Hebrew I mean I take it from well I mean I think that the translation from whatever the Hebrew was yeah, yeah was translated into English, I wish they hadn't used the word fear. But, you know, because we connote, we connect bad things with fear. You know, I mean, not necessarily bad things, but negative things. Like, we fear putting our hand on a hot stove. I mean, we would not be terrified of it, but we're not going to do it because it hurts, so we're, you know, there's a little fear aspect there. We're afraid of getting bit by a dog, not because we're necessarily afraid of the dog, but because we don't want to get bit. Um, and it's not the same kind of fear as the fear of, of the Lord. It isn't that the same kind of fear. It's, it's a fear of knowing this is the all-powerful God that created everything and exists in everything before and after everything, but not that you're afraid of him more. It's just so awe-inspiring that... Fear lest you fail him? Well, I mean, but even that, we have to be careful. Because I've actually used to think that, you know, it's really just, 
I don't want to be, a, I'm, I'm afraid of failing him. Well, that in and of itself, while it's perfectly all right as it is, because it is important to do that. If we're not careful, we, the very action of that causes us to fail because we judge ourselves based on something that's unrealistic and then we, we end up failing or we end up doing the exact same thing that he told us not to do so we're failing because we're afraid to fail anyway. How, real quick, like how I take that <clears throat> fearless we fail him we let me make the choice that would be best so that I don't grieve him. Right, yeah. And, and, it's, I, and I, I get that. I, to, I totally get that but I also know that it's very easy to fall into the trap of, you know, I don't want to fail God, and so I'm afraid of doing anything because I'll, you know, he'll punish me if I fail, or because I'll, you know, make him upset if I fail, or, and when, and so we, we're like, and then sometimes we do things, we, oh, that, I'm such a failure, I failed God, when in actuality we did exactly what he wanted us to do. But we still are afraid. We still think that we failed because things don't necessarily work out the way we think that they're going to work out. You know, as humans, we have this tendency, and, and maybe not as much anymore as used to be, but, I mean, you know, in Michael's age, there, there was the Pollyanna syndrome where everybody thought if everything's going to work out, you know, if everything's going the way it's supposed to, it's going to be all peachy. This day and age... I don't know, society has changed that a little bit. We're not quite as, if things are working out, it just means that we're not dead. <laughs> but the, uh, and even then I'm not sure. Um, I always uh, considered the fear of the Lord to be more of like the appreciation. The appreciation? Less so, less, less so like That's right. terrified, but more well, than, yeah. not like, or afraid of like, but more like the appreciation of the... Right. Eminence. Well, it's all yeah. inspiring. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. I wish that they had come up with a different word to use other than fear, mm -hmm. but English is English. The fear so. of the Lord is like a. It's like a. You know, the, your your willingness to appreciate and bow down. Yeah, you know? I mean that we want to worship and respect it, but it's not because we're afraid. It's just that because we we're full of awe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's something that is, you know, in that non-believers are like, well, why are you know, Christians are afraid of their God? So it talks about the fear of the Lord. Well, we're actually not as, I'm not as afraid of, I'm not as afraid of God as Muslims are of their, of Allah. Because, you know, if they're true Muslims, they're, they're afraid of him because he's like, Oh, you did this. Cut off your hand. You did that. Cut off the, you know, whatever. It's you know, a very physical uh, thing there. But it's interesting googling sometimes the fear of God. Yeah, I I did. I have, and and I don't disagree with. It. I'm just no, saying that we. No, this just has several different things. That there's it's so often that we. The the word fear is just a. But it said what you did. Right. Yeah. It's just the word fear is a unfortunate 
translation. I'm not saying that it's inaccurate. I'm just saying that it's because of the weird the connotations of the word fear makes it. You know, that's that's part of the problem with with English is we have s words that mean so many different things. Yeah. I don't know. The Egyptians were probably kind of afraid of them. Well, they had good <laughs> cause to be afraid of the God of a of Moses. Um, a bunch of them died. Yeah. Because that was <laughs> a wrathful God. <laughs> now, but that brings up a good point. We're like, well, God, God in the Old Testament was slaying people left and right. And he was. <laughs> but then in the New Testament, he said, I'm not judging anymore. I'm giving that over to my son. And the son's judgment was, Yep, these people have messed up so bad that there's got to be death. So I'm going to die for them. So that they don't have to. That was the judgment. That, that's the, the literal difference between God in the Old Testament smiting and slaying and saying wipe them out or just killing a third of the population of the children of Israel because they did something or sending snakes in to bite them and kill them or... Or, you know, the plagues into Egypt that wiped out half their population or more. Um, taking all of their, you know... Those, those, that's the difference between that. Is that judgment was given over from God the Father to the Son. And the Son said, yep, punishment is absolutely deserved. I'll take it. And it's like, Wow. Because otherwise, we'd still be seeing, you know, populations going, uh, dropping over dead because of all the things that are happening. Now, that's not to say that God sees the things that happen in the world and doesn't weep. And, and doesn't break his heart. Right. And, and that there aren't consequences that, that come as a result of, of things that happen. And people do things or don't do things or whatever. All of those... Those are all true, and some of a lot of the things that we see happening are, are direct consequences of actions that were taken or not taken, you know, days, weeks, months, years, decades ago, and they just build up and build up and build up and, and until it gets to the point where there's war in you know Ukraine or there's shootings in, the shootings in schools because whatever reason. Um, yeah, and those are you know psychological, emotional, spiritual, all of those things, and they're all ramifications of choices, and you know the, and it's and all of those things make God weep. They're, those break His heart. It's not a matter of, you know, God saying I'm you know, but. As much as we get, okay, personal example. I work every day trying to find people that are child predators so they can't support children through the company that I work for. And I had a real hard time at first because those people make me very angry. 
what they have done, some of the stories that I've seen and read about, what just makes me just weep and cry and upset and makes me want to do things that I probably shouldn't do. <laughs> so I had a real internal struggle with that. And I was praying about it and asking God, you know, how I, because I know that I need to be forgiving. I need to be loving. I know you've forgiven these people if they've repented at all. Mm-hmm. And so where does that leave me standing? And somebody told me one time, said, well, you know, if you know somebody that's an alcoholic, you're not going to give them a bottle of, of booze for Christmas. And it, you know, these people that have done these things, yeah. regardless of where they are now, you don't want to put temptation in their way. No, right. I was like, I can get behind that. So I'm just cutting off temptation. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so on your fault if they decide to go a different route to try to get the same result that they were getting. Right. So I'm just making my tool bigger so it blocks them on every front. But that's mm-hmm. another whole other story. <laughs> anyway, so... You know, but we we read these scriptures and we talk about, you know, it's like our life fades away, our beauty was just dust, and we're grass clippings blown away in a gust of wind, and taken away to our appointment with death. You know, and that's really, you know, that's how life is. We, our life is, you know, you live your life, then you die. And all that's left is the choices that you made. The, the children that you had or or didn't have the stories that you told the the interactions and relationships that you built that's all that's left once we're gone and so we have to remember that you know how do I want what do I want my legacy to be it's not your legacy isn't you know 10 million dollars that'd be nice you know I'm not. I'm not going to argue. If you want to leave me ten million dollars, I I won't fuss at all. Just write him a check. <laughs> Just write me a check. That'll be fine. Wait a minute. I'll have to cash it as the executor. That won't work because I don't know. Well, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> but um, the point is, you know, we have our life is like. You know, the grass. It's like the flowers. You're here today, gone tomorrow, cast into the fire, and and burned up into ash and dust and smoke. But the love of God lasts forever. And now, that also speaks to the fact that if the love of God lasts forever, then the target of that love also lasts forever. So our spirit, our soul, is eternal, and it does last forever, because it's the target of that love. Now, we can get into conversations about hell and consequences and damnation, and I don't know all the answers to those questions. I know that the consequences that we face on earth are pretty hellish sometimes. I know that if we choose to separate ourselves from God, the absence of God is by definition hell. Mm-hmm. So if you die, if your physical body dies in that state and you choose 
and you've chosen to be separated from God, then you're by definition going to be alone. And that's hell. I mean, that's hellish. Um, for all time. I don't think that God is particularly saying, I'm sending you to hell because you chose not to believe in me anymore. I think we're sending ourselves to hell because we choose not to believe in him anymore. And that's a horrible, sad thing. Can that change? I don't know. Eternity is a long time. God can do anything he wants. Or not a long time. That, by definition, doesn't make any sense. Eternity is eternity. And we don't know what the, you know, if there's any demarcations in eternity. <laughs> Other than, you know, and God is possible and capable of doing whatever, and so we don't know. what. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not going to try to guess. I think that, you know, you try to guess and say, oh, this and this and this is exactly how it is. Eh. Now, you know, there's people that have seen aspects after life, you know, near-death experiences or whatever. You've seen aspects? I'm not going to argue those at all. I think they're very, you know, true and very, you know, I just don't know how much of the, you know, the, our lives impact that perception of that experience. You know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking away from, like, from yours at all. Or from Dante, well, not Dante, I don't think his was a near-death experience, he just wrote it. But I think, you know, there's people that have talked about seeing hell. I'm not taking away from their experience at all. I just wonder how much of our life experience impacts our perception of that experience. I don't know. I don't know if it does or not. Maybe it doesn't impact it at all. Maybe it impacts it a lot. Maybe, you know, it helps us have a, it focuses our understanding, maybe. I don't know. So that, I mean, those are, that's, there's lots of those things that we just don't know. And we can't know. And frankly, we don't need to know. We need to know that God loves us. And if we are responsive to him and trying to do what he wants us to do and following him and, and have the fear of the Lord, that awestruck, that he's going to continue to love us. And if we repent and we try to do our best to, to live our lives according to his will and try to enter into the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus says is at hand, and we try to live our lives in such a way that we're doing what Jesus told us to do and, and showed us to do, love our neighbors ourselves, you know, love each other, parent, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, parents, don't provoke your children all of those things, then that's where we are right now. And I don't want to live my life worried about, am I going to make it to heaven or am I going to avoid hell? I want to live my life in the kingdom of heaven today. I want to be able to, to be driving down the road and feel like, you know, God says, take a right here and hand turn here. And then, a vista opens up that you didn't expect to see or something, you know, nothing unusual happens, but you find out there was an accident on that other road that you didn't know or sometimes you never find out anything and you just have a nice drive, whatever. You know, that's how I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life worried all the time about 
am I being good enough? Because the answer is no. We, we can't be good enough. We, I mean, mm-hmm. and no matter how hard we try, and the harder we try, the worse we are at it. <laughs> That's just human nature. <laughs> it's like, and then we beat ourselves up, and then that goes against what, it's, you know, it's a whole other thing. So just consider that. The fear of the Lord isn't an afraid thing. It's an awestruck thing. And his love is eternal. And we can live our lives according to that. I, you know, whoever this is for, hopefully it'll help somebody. Maybe somebody here, maybe somebody elsewhere. So Jesus, I praise you. I bless you. I lift up your holy name. Thank you for all you're doing. Lord, I pray you help us to be able to um, keep this in mind, Lord, as we need it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning Podcast from Church Without Walls of Greer, South Carolina. If you have any questions or you need more information, please feel free to reach out to jonathan.wagner at intheupstate.net. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so on whatever channel you found this podcast. And reach out to me or anyone if you have questions about Christianity.